Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here calling you all the way from Brazil. Today, we have some amazing guests joining us too, a father and son duo, Nate and Dave Alger. Alger. Thank you guys for joining us today. Such a pleasure. It's going to be a fun podcast. How are you? Uh, we are well. Yeah, I'm I'm with my son here in his home in the, in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Yeah, we're looking forward to talking to you today, Dallas. My name's Nate, and uh, this is Dave here next to me. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, getting to know you a little bit more. Amazing. And you guys are fellow podcasters, so you guys are here today sharing a little bit about your show, Save Like Dave. Initially, I thought maybe Dave Ramsey. I don't know. He seems like <laughs> a pretty good guy, but Dave Alger seems like an amazing guy. So we are gonna we're gonna talk about it today. Algert, man, I can't talk about your last name anymore. Now I confuse myself. Man, it's all good. It's all good. Before we get going, I just want to allow you guys to share a little bit about your faith journey, a little bit about each of your testimonies. Dave, you can go first, and then we'll go to Nate after that. All right, sure. Well, I I grew up in uh, went to church every week as a kid. My mom and dad brought me, and I faithfully went. And uh, but honestly, I never really connected with the church. I remember going through class and all that, Sunday school and all that, but it never impacted me. Until I was a junior in high school, a buddy invited me. It was the same denomination, but he invited me to his church at night. So I'd go to my church in the morning. I'd go to his church at night. And there was a the pastor spoke there, and he had a different message. And what I mean by that is he spoke about a relationship with Jesus and before the other church, it's what I found out is more of a social gospel. They're a good group of people. They do good things, but they don't have that relationship. And I honestly, I remember the key point for me that I'd want to share is that I had an emptiness. Literally, I knew there was something missing in my life. And when I, when I was a junior in high school, I went forward in this other church, walked down that aisle, and that's second that I did that, Jesus came into my life because that emptiness disappeared. And I've never not ha- I've never had that emptiness again. So I know that the Holy Spirit came into my life at that point. Now I've, you know, I wasn't discipled very well. And so frankly, for about four years there, from high school to my senior year in college, I just kind of floated a little bit. But when I was at senior in college, that's when uh, a buddy discipled me. And that was the turning point for me to grow as a Christian. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And and Nate, how about you? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I grew up, you know, with Dave and my mother, Sue, his parents, and, and we always went to church. 
And uh, so I, I, you know, I guess accepted Jesus into my heart or, you know, I, I came to believe at kind of a younger age. Um, but I think the real turning point for me in my faith was actually in college. So, um, and I think, uh, what it was, so I, I went to a small Christian school and actually it was, it was interesting. Most of the people at the Christian school were similar to me. They grew up and they kind of had maybe like a lukewarm faith and, uh, just cause you know, they were introduced to it their whole life. And so there was actually a class. It was a, um, it was like a political theology type class where, you know, we, we studied all these great political thinkers, some Christian, some, you know, like Marx, all different stuff. And, um, it really kind of challenged my beliefs and, um, I feel like I kind of rediscovered my faith in a way. So, um, that kind of college period is really where I feel like I really had the the greatest change or transformation um, in my faith. And that was, uh, because I started to actually ask questions why I believe instead of, mm. you know, just, uh, what I grew up going to Sunday school, yeah. that sort of thing, you know, being a good kid, really my first 18 years of life and then going to college and, and, uh, you know, why, why am I doing these things? Why do I believe this? And, um, you know, did I just look on the right religion or whatever? And so, uh, yeah, that that moment in college in that class, honestly, is what really kind of rediscovered my faith and um, set me on kind of that post-college journey where I've been able to, you know, continue walking with the Lord. And um, yeah, it's been great. It's amazing that both of your stories were related to college, a place where most people or most Christians, I would say, that grow up in the faith kind of leave the faith. Mm, that's a good point. And so you yeah, guys both came closer to the Lord through college, which praise God for that, because I'm one of the opposite where I, I was already with my drug addiction when I went into college and it just got worse from there. And I had to drop out of college, you know, and other things to try to get my life back on track because I was in no place to be around that environment. And so praise God for people that are sharing faith in college that, yeah. that have events. And I went to some of those events as well. God was calling for me to come home and to repent of my sins, but I wasn't ready. Thank mm -hmm. God that there's people out there doing those types of ministries to reach people like you guys and mm. thousands of other people out there who were trying to make that decision in a college age. Because if I could describe from like teenage to after college with one word, I would say it's double-mindedness. We have no idea what we want. Mm -hmm. You guys were allowed, you know, you guys were given this information and you made that decision, rediscovered your faith in the college period. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to add real quickly, you know, when I was a senior in college, like that first two to three weekends in college life, everybody kind of lives for the weekend. We work and do our studies and then party like crazy on the weekend. Yeah. And I remember that like the third weekend of uh, my senior year. So I just started my senior year in college and it was a very liberal university. Um, I just remember in my dorm room thinking there's got to be more to life than this than just living for the weekend and partying and then doing it over again. And, you know, by God's um, providence, somebody knocked on my door one Saturday morning and said, hey, I'm going to start a Bible study. Would you be interested? And I said, well, you know, I'm not really into that. And he said, you know, are you a Christian? And I says, yeah. Are you walking with God? And I said, no. Those are and two different questions. Dave, That's those right. are totally different questions. Do you believe in God or do you follow him? Those are different questions. That's right. And that hit me. 
And so then I committed to the, that discipleship group. And so for that senior year in college, that man, he was feeling a year older than me, but he was a, a believer that, you know, gave his heart to helping others. Yeah. And that was the beginning of the transformation of my real life. And so I'd say discipleship for me was a key. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Discover the power of the Secret Place Podcast, hosted by Bishop Gary Oliver and Dr. Naomi Oliver. Dive into a world of spiritual growth, personal development, and emotional well-being. With insights blending theology, biblical principles, and psychology, this podcast empowers you to lead a purpose-driven life. Listen now and join the journey of positive impact and transformation. Introducing the Dainty Cross Necklace for Girls, a stunning Christian pendant that holds five charms, including three engraved faith symbols. Embrace God's love with every step wearing this meaningful necklace. Packaged in a reusable organic cotton pouch, it's a perfect gift choice. Crafted from durable stainless steel, it's gentle on sensitive skin. Spread love and faith with this elegant piece. Get yours today on Amazon now. And a little bit about your podcast now. So Save Like Dave. So you guys have been working on the show together for about a year and a half now. And right. you also said you have a show in, 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 in Spanish as well. That's incredible. Yeah, actually. So um, I, I basically started this podcast in Spanish uh, or a different podcast. My wife and I uh, teach Spanish online and we started about seven years ago. And this whole time I've been kind of sharing my experience with my dad. He's just been blown away as he's seen kind of the growth of our podcast and our audience and how we've made it our full-time business. And uh, I always knew, you know, my dad had a ton to share in the personal finance because, you know, he's helped me from the time I was a, a young kid all the way till now, as far as making smart financial decisions. And so many of my friends and, and other young people, they just don't have a good grasp for saving and investing and, you know, the American way a lot of times is is just spend, 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 buy, 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 and, uh, you know, rack up as much credit card debt. And and so my dad, I, I you know, I always thought, you know, my dad has a lot to teach on this. I know he's he's done that personally with a lot of people in his life, his friends and family members. And so um, I just thought, you know, talking with him, we've talked for a lot of, before starting, but I thought, you know, there's other people that could you know, value and, and can learn from kind of what you're teaching. And so we kind of came up with the idea of doing our own podcast just in English. So the other one I have is in Spanish, uh, but just in English and and teaching on those saving and financial concepts uh, that has kind of helped me be successful now as an adult. And uh, so, yeah, so that's the hope is we're trying to, uh, you know, help other people get on track and, um we teach kind of like godly principles as far as um, the saving and investing. And um, and it is very similar to Dave Ramsey. I know you mentioned Dave Ramsey. Uh -huh. The funny thing is we actually live in the same, my dad lives in the same town as as Dave Ramsey. Yeah, that wasn't intentional when we moved here. <laughs> wow. But my dad's a little bit smaller on the, the pecking pole than Dave Ramsey, <laughs> but uh, still successful nonetheless. You live in the same neighborhood. That That's all that matters, right? Yeah. Neighbors. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Nate. One of Nate's uh, buddies said, "Dave, you are Dave. What did he used to say? You were Dave before Dave was Dave, or yeah. something like that. Dave, you're Dave before Dave was Dave. Yeah, and uh, whatever you know, 
God uses Dave's, I guess. I guess. So, this, so I want to read a little bit about you, Dave, of what the show is. So it says that your whole life, you were making around $50,000 per year, you know, as your career. And then at 55, you retired with over $1 million in savings. And so if you could just answer that today, what the heck happened? I think that's the million dollar mm-hmm. question, literally the million dollar question today. Right. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I Honestly, that is my little shtick, if you could say that. I... Um, I really did come from humble means and uh, I worked in retail my whole life and I never made a lot of money. I actually, I look back, I looked at my social security statements and my first years I was making about $24,000, $25,000. So $50,000 was my peak, which mm. is crazy nowadays to think about. But um, why I started the podcast and, and how I got to that point um, was I was a good saver and whether... Uh, because nobody in my family was, but for whatever reason, I was a good saver from being a, a little guy mowing yards or picking vegetables for my uncle and selling them on commission in the, the neighborhood. Um, I I always saved something, no matter what it was. So, so even if I made $10, you know, this is 50 years ago, I'd put 10% in a little jar and I just became a saver. It's just something I like to do. And I found that uh, over time, you know, that money starts to grow. And then, you know, then in a much longer time as an adult, I started to learn more about finances. And so then I used those savings and started to invest in other things, uh, real estate and uh, the stock market. Yeah. And what about you, Nate? Growing up as your dad was doing this, what did you, what did you think about this? What were your, what did you learn from that? Yeah, so I uh, I was I was really interested in it. He made it fun. Um, I think uh, the thing that that uh, kind of inspired my career. I actually worked in accounting for about fourteen years. So, um, but he gave me that interest in finance and saving and investing. He told me what a Roth IRA was at I don't know before my kids even knew you know what a stock before most kids even knew what a stock was you know. So I you know started investing at a really young age. And for me, it was exciting. You know, I'd, I'd say early on, it was to make as much money as possible and be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's, you know, kind of like the opportunities that it can provide and the people you can help. And um, so, so yeah, he, he really kind of gave me that, that love early on for, for, you know, just what compound interest is if you save and invest. And um, he kind of inspired me on that track and made it fun because ultimately, you know, you have to have interest in it for it to, to really last. Yeah. And I want to go back to, you're a good saver. And so whenever you say you're a good saver, I mean, I, that can mean a lot of things like okay. you don't spend so much or <laughs> maybe as you say, you, you saved some things. So can you just explain a little bit deeper what that savings look like for our audience? Because when, when you say that for me, I think of several different ways. Cause I know people that, that earn a lot and just spend like one or 2% of their income. Right. So there's that type of savings. And so if you could just explain that a little bit more. Yeah, I guess the what I would say is I made it a habit to save because I realized early on that to get ahead financially, you can't spend everything you get. You know, if it and honestly, so many people in America and around the world, I'm sure, they they just never think they have enough money to save and and they just spend everything they get. And I found that if I could save in my case 10% over time, that little 10% every paycheck, then every year, 
started to really have an impact and I had a you know a pretty good lump sum of money, then then you can use that money to invest. And then your money, like Nate says, your money, once it gets going, starts to make money. And that's the difference. You know, that's the difference maker that's going to make you successful. Yeah. One thing I'll add. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. One thing I'll add to one thing that my my dad has taught me is when you first get started, the 10, 10, 10 rule. Mm. So essentially 10% goes to saving. 10% 10% go to investing and then 10% go to giving, whether that be the church or uh, whatever cause you support. And then obviously, you know, as you make more money, you can increase those percentages and uh, give to various causes and such. But um, just that, that helped kind of stick with me is that 10, 10, 10, 10% investing, 10% saving and 10% giving to others. Yeah. You know, just the the idea of saving, you know, for a lot of people is really foreign. Like they just don't think they can do it. And honestly, in my podcast, I really focus on that. If they can just do that one thing, and I teach ways to do that. One of them is making it automatic, where if you get paid, you know, if you work for a company and they give you a check every pay period, set it up so 10% automatically goes right into your savings. And you still have that money. You can still take that savings if you had you had to. But what and it so, does, yeah, I want to stop there for a second. So this yep. savings is this different? This ten percent is that different from an emergency fund or something like that? Like this is just an untouchable ten percent. What are the okay. rules on that? If you could say, yeah. Um, well, the the only really really is just to get in that habit of saving, mm-hmm. and so that ten percent goes into a savings account, and then to your point, once you get let's say a thousand dollars in there, separate that put that in a second savings account and that's for your emergencies. Mm-hmm. And, and so for emergency, it might be um, your radiator goes out in your car or you get a flat tire and you really didn't save to pay for that new tire. But now with that emergency money, you can grab that, pay that expense and uh, you're on your way. You're not getting behind in your journey. So um, that's, that's my goal. It really, that's the main thing I'm trying to teach to be a good saver and then use that money eventually to put into an emergency fund. And then again, as it grows, you're going to do more with that. Yeah. So I, I, want, you guys, I want you guys to use me as an example today. I'm going to put myself on the fire. You guys can just okay. use me as an example. All right. Okay. So I am a missionary in Brazil. Yep. My main earning is in Hei, the Brazilian currency, which is five to one of the dollar. I'm I'm, okay. I'm already behind, right? And so right. <laughs> with that, I am also I have some other projects that I'm allowing to to save up some dollars I've been able to save up to start a new life when we move back to the states. And so I have mm-hmm. that prepared. And in my mind, I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm going to wait to invest because I'm doing everything you're saying. I've done I've done that. I've done the emergency, I've done the savings, the investing part. That's the part that gets me because I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm in Brazil. I, I don't have all the the right tools. I don't have the education to to invest maybe when I get back to the States and then later, 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 right. It just keeps getting delayed. So what would you be, what would be your advice for somebody in my situation? They've already saved the, the emergency. They already have some other savings prepared. The investor. Well, uh, uh, you'll have to listen to more of my podcast oh, because yes. <laughs> that's what, that's what we talk about. Things like awesome. that, you know, how to get people to change their behavior mm-hmm. and, um, 
for me, um, the first thing that I did, you know, I was a good saver from young age. And so then when I was about 30, I think about 30 years old, we bought our first single family home as an investment property. And, but before I did that, and I shared this in one of our podcasts, I, I literally read 10 books on purchasing uh, a single family home or purchasing real estate. Right. That was my thing. I I thought real estate was something that I could do. It is a good fit for me. And so I basically put in the time. I read a lot about that that particular part of the financial business. And so when I went in and made that very first purchase of that single family home with my wife, it was scary, but I had enough knowledge that I felt that I could do it. And so to your point, uh, Dallas, I would say, whatever it is you're interested in, and for me, it was real estate. For Nate and Andrea, it's uh, an online business, and yours may be that way too. Um, and that's the thing with uh, young people today. There's a lot of opportunities that I never had. And so find out what it is that you really like, what your passion is, and then learn as much as you can, and then uh, step in and and do it. Uh, one of the things that I have seen over the years, I and about, I have many good friends, and they they'll say to me, "Oh, Dave, I wish I had done what you did when I was younger." Well, you know they could have, woulda, shoulda, coulda, but they were either they didn't have the knowledge or they didn't have the, uh, what would you say, Nate, uh, the drive or desire to really succeed. You know, they were happy with where they're at. They were comfortable. Yeah. They were that's comfortable. The biggest, that's, that's the biggest problem, right? Comfort. Yeah, that's right. The American comfort. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. poetic, really. Uh, to, the, to all the yeah. people that are not in America, it's beautiful. But when you're in the when the States, it's different. Yeah. yeah. So th that's, that's where I would say, you know, just find out what your passion is. Mm -hmm. And you can do that uh, in several different ways. Um, but what what is it you're naturally like to do? You know, are you a reader? Are you a writer? Are you do you like talking to people? Do you find numbers are really interesting? You know, whatever it is, you know, brainstorm on that and and really um say if you're married, have your spouse do it and then match those two together and see where do you connect? You know, you're both really good at numbers, okay? Well, maybe you go into the, a business where you're working with numbers. Or are you both good with people? You know that there you go. Yeah, and actually, one thing I'll just add to that, um, you know, because uh, I know you're younger as well, uh, is uh, if you have the extra money. I know Dave kind of talked about getting educated. That's obviously the first step is you personally getting educated, so you're not just saving or investing in something you don't understand, right? But uh, once you do that, in my opinion, and we talk about this a lot, the Roth IRA for Americans is uh, really the greatest opportunity for long-term wealth and growth. And, um, and so that's, and that's if you're not going to need the money until retirement, but yeah, that's your retirement vehicle. That is the best by far, the, yeah. the best vehicle for when you retire. Cause I know Nate, when uh, we talked about this in a podcast it, that, uh, I'm retired. I've been retired since I was 55. I'm 68. So I had to, um, you know, had to be completely on my own for quite a few years before Medicare kicked in but um, what I was going to say is that 
The Roth IRA is the best vehicle you can do for retirement because there's no taxes taken out when you take it out at retirement. A 401k or other 403b, other vehicles you use are good. But as I found now as a retired person, every time I take money out of my IRA or 401k for some people, the government's going to take their part. But with a Roth IRA, they don't. So. Yeah. So honestly, I mean, I don't, I try not to overcomplicate it. I don't invest in individual stocks uh, to date. Uh, I do. I mean, we do have some real estate, but I don't have any investment real estate. Um, and so I just invest in the entire stock market. And I'm only right now investing in retirement because my uh, full time job, which is our business, uh, covers our expenses and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to talk about both of those actually, because I'm also an English teacher here in Brazil. That's our ah. main currency. That, that's how we receive our finances in Brazil. So we're uh -huh. very similar. We have a lot of similarities, Nate. We got to have another conversation cool. here. Yeah. And for you, Dave, I've always felt called in, not, okay, let me change that. I've always been interested in real estate as well. I don't have the mm -hmm. tools or the knowledge like my father. My father, he builds new homes. And so he's he can mm -hmm. flip houses like nothing. So he he's amazing at that. And so for you specifically, Buying your first home, you said your single family unit home. That was it, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Did you? Buy, so what, was the, what was the pro process to buy this? Did you save up as much cash as you needed to get a loan? Like, what were the the realistic things that he could right. walk us through? That. Yeah. Now this was you know thirty five years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a young person, but uh, what I did was I was a good saver. I got up approximately, I think it was fifteen percent of the purchase price. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the key. So I got a loan for 85% and it was a traditional loan. Um, you can do it a lot of different ways. Sometimes you can purchase a property from a guy or a gal that is, um, will basically take the paper and they, you basically, they become the bank and you mm -hmm. pay them. And that way you can do it. That's a good way to do it a lot of times, but I did it traditionally back then. I just, uh, went to the bank. I said, I'm going to buy an investment property. And I qualified because I had good credit and I had a good down payment. And uh, I, I made that first purchase. I will tell you that first purchase, um, the mortgage and the amount of rent I got was about even. So it was a little scary. It was, uh, you know, I had to watch it really carefully. And I guess my point is, don't go crazy. If you're ready to go into real estate or whatever it is you're going to invest in, you start slow and, and learn and become an expert at whatever it is you do. And then you can eventually grow it and um, you know do it again and again, which is what we did. Yeah. So if initially, I yeah. If I, one more question, Nate, and then you can say that. So initially you you were paying on the loan and the, the renters were paying it and it would equal out for you. So you weren't making right. money, but you weren't losing money, but there was that risk involved that you're like, man, I don't that's, know if this was worth it. Maybe in the right. long run it would be. And so that's kind of how it was. Am I right? That's exactly right. And honestly, I remember thinking this is a long-term investment. I'm hoping to use it as a uh, retired person. And, and I do. But what happened was over the years, honestly, about the first 10 years or so, it was kind of a break-even deal. But what happened eventually is, yeah, I mean, and it's different for everybody. But what happened over that first 10 years, I'd get like, a, I could raise the rent, say $100 a month. And, you know, the mortgage was the same, 
but I started to see the equity in the property go, you know, I started to get more equity every year because I was paying down a little bit. And then, you know, a few years later, I could raise it another $100. So I started to see money, but there's also, you know, you got to replace the water heater. You got to put a new roof on and they, somebody leaves, you got to clean it up and get it ready for the next. So it's, it turned out to be roughly, you know, even Stephen, I, 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 I didn't make a whole lot of money, but it, at one point, you know, for me, it was about 10 years. It all started to click. Real estate really went up. Um, I could rent, my rent basically doubled from what it was when I started and my mortgage was the same. And then we had some other rentals and we started focusing on paying and down first rent equity and do it again. Right. And do it again. Yeah. It's amazing. And so I focused on paying one off first and then paying off the second one, then paying off the third one. So that way, then you have real income coming in and, you know, that starts to change your life, so to speak. Yeah. And please, Nate, go back if you could remember what you were going to say earlier. Yeah, no, it was similar to what Dave kind of just mentioned there. But ultimately, it was kind of a long term play for Dave where those early years and I've heard this before, right? Those early years, you know, you're not going to make a ton of money because you're repairing things unless, you know, you you have some sort of expertise flipping a house or kind of fixing up a, a beat up house and you can save money that way. But in Dave's case, you know, he just kind of steadily paid the mortgage each each month with the the rent that was coming in from his renter. And then, you know, as you know, right, rental or housing prices go up. So the equity of the home goes up. And and now he's to the point where he has these homes and the mortgage is completely paid off. So everything now is just you know, quote unquote gravy coming in. So it's it's definitely not a short-term play, especially if you were to invest now in the market, right? Where yeah. there's really high interest rates, uh, not not really uh, easy to get started, but you could. Um, so yeah. Just a little side note, my very first property that I bought, I paid 10.5% interest. So if you think, you know, right now it's about 7%, um, you know, I paid even more, you know, so it's all relative. Wow. Um, you just, you got to be real careful. You know, you got to buy the right property. You don't want to go crazy. And but I said, you, I'm interested. I didn't say I was doing it. All right. So uh -huh. yeah, <laughs> interesting. But it, can but, be, it can be done. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. That's amazing. So thank you guys for educating us a little bit on that. And so let's talk a little bit more about the podcast itself. So um, you said godly principles in saving and financing and investing. And so if you could go back to that point again, so yes, you said giving 10% to either the church or a charity of your choice, or just giving in general, what else could you say about godly principles in finance? Um, it's basically focused me on doing the things that God wants me to do. You know, I, I could have gone crazy and, you know, really went into debt and uh, well, Dave Ramsey is a good example uh, he's he's a believer, but he went really crazy, and he had like twenty homes when he was a young person. And I won't go into that story, but basically, he lost it all. He lost everything, and uh, he realized that he had to do things differently. And so he studied the Bible, and he realized that God has a lot to say about money, and how we as believers or even non-believers, if you study what God says about money, uh, you're going to become a wise person and you're going to win with money. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. 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 And I'll, and I'll just add to that. Um, you know, I think a lot of times when you think about money as a Christian, sometimes maybe there's that guilt feeling of like, you know, you can't be wealthy or you can't, um, 
you know, have success, that's only for secular people, right? You know, you need to be living and giving like Mother Teresa or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the Bible has a lot of really good principles. And so, um, you know, obviously the wisdom book of Proverbs, right, has so many principles about just different things as far as like, you know, the debtor is a slave to the lender and um, just various you know, good. If you think about, it, if you actually look through the Bible, you know, money is mentioned a lot of times. You know, obviously, you think about the the rich young fool, the person that put everything towards building up their wealth and towards building their barn, right? Uh, which is not the aspect, right? It's it's keeping that in perspective. But um, yeah, so Dave really kind of likes to share his personal stories along with interweaving kind of some of these Bible verses and and just try and um the the key of the podcast is we don't we don't want to just teach someone uh to save and invest you know and give just because like you know to build up as much as possible but like do it in in a way that you know honors god so yeah yeah. i want to lighten it up a little bit so both of you you sound like you you know what you're doing you've experienced some highs some lows financially so how do you guys like to enjoy your finances? Like what's your favorite thing to do to just hang out or do something fun to, to enjoy, right? right? What is that? Yeah. Well, uh, that's easy for me. Nate knows, uh, I love to travel. My passion is to travel. And my wife and I have been to over 60 countries and, um, we've taught English in China. We've hiked the 500 mile hike in Spain together. Um, and Nate and Andrea just did it uh, last year. But um, that's what I love to do. And so we're able to do that because we're faithful savers when we're younger. And honestly, you know, sure, we have, you know, a million plus, but we're not like these big deal people. You know, we, we're, I don't know how to say that so that it makes sense, but we're not, we're not flashy. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. We appreciate what God's given us and, uh, but we use the resource we we do have, and which is my number one passion is travel. Yeah, and for me, uh, I mean, I love to travel as well. But I'll kind of do a different aspect of it. is is one of the greatest blessings for my wife and I, mm-hmm. and she's Colombian. Um, so uh, we travel to Colombia. We spend a good amount of time in Colombia every year, and so you know you get to experience and see things. And I'm sure in Brazil as well. You know that that you just don't understand maybe you see poverty in the u.s but it's different Mm -hmm. and so you know she's got an extensive family and so one of the the biggest blessings for us and difficulties at times because you know identifying situations is tough but one of the biggest blessings for us is being able to help someone in need in colombia someone from her family that has a medical bill or you know someone wants to start up a business so you know we we try and do do something that actually you know, it's not a handout, but in a way that actually can um, help someone achieve something on their own and grow on their own. So we try and have a kind of more, I don't know, holistic way of of giving uh, where it's not just, hey, since we have more money and you don't, here it is, right? It's, mm-hmm. oh, I want to start up a business. Oh, you know, um, this What's is- your business plan, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of, you know, right? So it's like, we want them to feel like, you know, ownership to know that they can go on their own because that's, that's the ultimate, um, you know, success financially is, is being able to work and, and, um, succeed 
uh, like through it. what God's given them. And I'm sure you've experienced this as teaching Spanish as well. When people put a little skin in the game, they they value it a little bit more. To just to give someone I'm, free classes doesn't work. They don't come to class. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So you, you gotta have a little skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that is it right there, man. If if you're just watching the free videos, that's great. But yeah, we notice that a ton in our students when they you know start investing in lessons and and tutoring, then they're really making progress. Yeah, I mean, Nate and Andrea, they have several hundred YouTube videos. And if you were disciplined, you could learn Spanish by just watching that, no charge. Mm -hmm. But to your point, um, when you put some skin in the game, that changes everything. Yeah. Well, there's so many questions I could ask. I mean, I, I, I have a lot to learn in this area. So thank you guys so much for joining and is sure. there anything else that you just feel like you should share today or you wish I would have asked you today? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would just say just, you know, to end in it a little bit here, it's not how much you make. It's, it's how you think about money, you know, because I, as an example, never made a lot of money compared to my peers. I made probably half as much as my peer group. But I won with money because I was disciplined with saving. I thought differently about money. And uh, I eventually won with money. So that would be my takeaway that I would say. And, and for me, I guess what I would leave with is don't overcomplicate it. It's, it's funny. I have uh, a friend that I just went to uh, Canada with. We did a hiking trip together. And he was he listens to the podcast and he goes, yeah, I'm so confused. There's all these different things, Roth IRAs, 401ks. I don't get it. And and I, and I was just trying to tell him, you know, just don't overcomplicate it. And, and I think maybe that's us talking in finance. Sometimes it is complicated for people that don't understand it, but try not to overcomplicate it. The main thing is just start with a small uh, step, right? A small percentage. So whether, start. <laughs> yeah, it's just starting. So as Dave mentioned a few times is, is having that habit. So, you know, if you're only making just, you know, a little bit of money at first and you're just getting started in your career, well then just maybe set aside 1%, you know, set aside $50 every paycheck and just automatically have that moved into a saving account or investing account, right? So, or emergency fund. So just start, you know, build that habit as small as possible. Don't build the big habit. Don't say my, my goal is to get to a million dollars this year or in five years, just say, I'm going to save $50 every paycheck. I like it. You guys made it simple. You made it practical, something that I can apply today. So again, thank you so much. And if I can have one of you guys tell us, how can we find the show, your website, and then we'll go into the ending of the show today. Okay. Nate? Yeah. So if you can find the podcast at savelikedave.com and, uh, and then of course, all the podcasting apps, it's Save Like Dave podcast. Uh, we normally do a weekly episode. It's just about 15 to 20 minutes. And, uh, each episode has kind of a different finance or investing uh, principle. All right. You guys can find that link below in our description of the, of the show. Subscribe, join that family of Save Like Dave. So amazing, guys. Thank you so much. I had a great time. I have a lot to learn. I'm going to check out your show. Definitely be a subscriber and listen and educate myself. Start now. Yeah, so, that's right. Wonderful. Yeah, I will if I can help you out real yeah, quick. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. That, you know, we are, you know, we're, we're not in for the money. I don't need any money. I'm good. I want to help others. I truly want to make a difference in other people's lives. 
And so if you do connect with that podcast, you're welcome to email me. There'll be a little spot on on our website, savelikedave.com. And you can ask any questions. Uh, I'll help you as best I can. And uh, you'll be on your way. Great. And if I could have one of you guys end our time with a prayer, that would be excellent. Oh, you bet. Well, you know, um, we're all in different stages of our lives. And uh, I just want to pray for the people listening today that, uh, Lord, that you would uh, work in their hearts. And maybe there's something that you heard that they heard today that stirred them to focus their life a little bit. And in, and in our particular case, focus on learning about money to, to win with money and not that it's the be all end all, but Lord, that uh, you would be Lord of our lives and they would use the money to, to be able to live a life that honors you, but also to succeed in other areas, to help others. And so, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would come down on each one listening today and you would encourage them to make that step and, and change their life. If they're struggling with money, that you would help them, Lord, that uh, you would get them on the track to win. We thank you for everything you've uh, given us. We thank you for every day of our lives. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.